0: Brought to you by Citricom, welcome to Connecting the Channel. Here we talk with industry leaders on successes, failures, and lessons learned along the way.
1: Okay, thank you everyone for joining us today for another episode of Connecting the Channel with Citricom here. My name is Meredith Karam. I am the Vice President of Sales, and I am honored to have with me a powerhouse female in technology, Janet Shines, uh, the founder and CEO of JS Group. Hi, Janet.
0: Hi, how are you? Great to be here.
1: Thank you. It's so great to be with you as well. I was just on Facebook a little bit ago and saw two pictures of Annabelle and Bo. Are those cows?
0: Yes, they are cows. One of them is a Scottish Highland, so she's like a pet cow. She knows her name and everything. And then poor Bo, don't tell anybody, but poor Bo is a steer, which means that at some point in time, we all know you're from Texas. You know what he'll be turned into. (laughs) uh, My dinner. (laughs) Barbecue, anyone? Right, Um, Right. (laughs) We try not to let him smell us cooking meat because we think it's rude. uh, Yeah,
1: totally. And so are you back in New Jersey? Is that where the beautiful landscape was? There was snow on the ground.
0: There was, it's gone now, thankfully. So I love that kind of snow that just comes and goes. Uh, but yeah, back in New Jersey, we'll be headed back to Florida where we're actually headquartered uh, in a couple of weeks and then sticking down there until all this cold is gone because I'm not a big cold fan. So
1: Yeah, I know. Because that's why you got another place
0: in Florida. That's right. In Florida by the beach. Come on. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you know what? You have to right now. I'm so happy I have outdoor spaces. Could you imagine? There's so little to do. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, whenever you're not working, because a lot of people do know you for uh, the greatness that you do in this, in this channel and specifically around technology and helping businesses grow and partners of all kinds, which I want to get into, but whenever you're not working, sure. like what's like your favorite thing to do?
0: Uh, let's see. Well, a couple things. So the first thing is I think everybody who knows me knows I'm a massive sci-fi geek. So a lot of sci-fi books and shows, comic books. Um, Used to love to go to Comic-Con and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, those haven't happened this year. Virtual Comic-Con was pretty good. Uh, but I also love to cook, which unfortunately is showing on my waist right now with the, uh, with the COVID uh <laughs> crisis because usually I can have people over to eat said food, Um, but now we're just eating it by ourselves. So I love to do that. And then I really just love the outdoors. So I love the beach. I love the woods. I love, you know, being outdoors, walking, hiking. So those are my kind of things I love to do. And then I guess you always have to have like that one thing nobody knows about you that you love to do, right? So I am an avid Star Wars collectibles person. So I like to go to comic stores and and other collector events and try to find a piece that I want. That's my like little geek side uh, thing that people do. Other people buy shoes. I buy, you know, collectibles. Or what my husband would call toys, what I keep telling them are not toys because they appreciate value.
1: Well, that's really, really fun. And yeah, sometimes when I'm on Zoom, I see like a silhouette photo that you have of just like a cape. It looks like a superhero Mm -hmm. silhouette with a cape on it, which I think is. is really, really
0: cool. And my team made that because our mission, our JS group, very simply expressed. So it's really just three words, save the channel. So everything we do, we just do that to save the channel, to make sure the channel's always in first position, to make sure the channel's making money, to make sure the channel's you know doing doing good. And so they made that icon for me with the superhero cape, you know, like that da da da. You know, save the channel. So um, so that's why I use that icon. I think it's fun and it and it fits with my personality. It does definitely. And
1: you know, just just on that note, you have a lot in common with uh, the channel community and our partners. You know, not only from an entrepreneur perspective, but uh, being a business owner. And uh, so tell us about that transition and how that all came to be.
0: So it's funny. I was a, so, so it's such a long story, but I'm going to tell it short. So I went to school for finance. I got a job um, at, a, at a financial firm and I hated it. So I swapped into a marketing and sales role at L'Oreal Cosmetics. So it has nothing to do with technology, but it will in a second. And um the wonderful team from IBM came in and presented something to me that because I was a geek, I knew was phenomenal. And it was an IBM partner, but no one else in the company could understand what the heck they were talking about. So I took the whole thing that they were presenting and over a weekend, I turned it into something business people would understand. We presented it, we got the funding, and that started my independent career because a few weeks later, I actually quit my job at L'Oreal Cosmetics to start my own consulting firm with an IBM contract to help them and their partners tell businesses what to buy and how to buy it. And that meant I had that business helping partners and helping vendors um, really go to market and do sales for about a decade. And then um, along the way, Uh, I had a really amazing relationship with Symbol Motorola. Symbol was purchased by Motorola. And so I sold my firm to them and I went in as their channel chief. So I really actually started as an entrepreneur, (laughs) went into corporate America for 10 soul-sucking years, and then went back out to being an entrepreneur uh, about a year and a half ago. So I always say the anomaly in the Janet story is not the entrepreneur side. The anomaly in the Janet story is the corporate side. And I loved it. And you know what? corporate as we all know who've done it, you make nice money, um, a lot of resources, you can do a lot of good, right? But ultimately, I've always yearned to get back to being an entrepreneur because you're, you know, you're in charge of what you do and you're in charge of your own success. And you wake up every morning and you can either make a ton of money or no money, uh, depending on how hard you push. So um, that's why I love the channel because they have that same spirit. The same spirit of wanting to get out there and do really well and be their own boss.
1: So our journeys, you know, have been similar, but different. Um, and whenever you just said soul sucking, one of the things, one of the reasons you're like one of my favorite people is because you are you and you are comfortable being you. Yep. And I am that the exact same way. You are completely authentic. And so we have that in common. And so I have never heard anybody publicly say soul sucking except for me. And so other people would be like, that's so taboo. You can't say that. Oh, don't say that on a podcast, you know? Um, And you just did. And so no one's given me any roles today. So we can really kind of do whatever we want, which is going to be fun. And so what do you mean by soul sucking?
0: I'm glad you said that. By the way, when you said that about you and I have a lot in common, what came to my mind and I have to bring it up is when I was at Verizon and you were at at and and it was just completely taboo that we were friends. Right. <laughs> like met in the industry became friends in the industry working for competitors and we would seek each other out at events and we'd be hanging out together and everybody would be going Why are they, what is happening yes you know, that's supposed to happen and then we used to really get them going because John Delosier would join us from yep. CenturyLink right <laughs> so the three of us would all be standing there like this is fun um and and I think that's part of the soul-sucking right so I think part of the soul-sucking is that belief that because you work for a company, um, you have to believe everything that that company does is the best in the industry. And I think it's dangerous because I think competitors challenge you. One of the things, by the way, I loved about Verizon was they had that belief that competitors are your challengers, not your enemies, right? And so I just really believe that part of that soul-sucking comes down to when companies do things, they know they're the wrong thing to do but they have these internal mores and it affects the channel so often. So I'm going to talk about one of the soul sucking things I (laughs) used to say. Okay. (laughs) So there's direct sales reps and we love them. Okay. I don't want to make, I'm not disparaging direct sales reps, but there's direct sales reps and maybe they have a year's experience in the company or 10 years. That doesn't matter. But somehow someone in corporate decides that that direct sales rep owns an account Mm -hmm. and they tell the channel partner that they can't sell into that account because they, who have known this account for three days, um, now owns the account. And the partner who's been selling to them for 20 years no longer owns the account. And it's such a soul-sucking moment because, one, it's just rude. But two, it makes this assumption that somehow the partners are going to what? Just, just run away? No, they're going to then sell your competitor. If you won't let them sell to a client that they have, then they're going to sell something else to that client and it's going to hurt your company. So that's going to be my soul-sucking number one example <laughs> is when when the sales direct sales leader thinks that they somehow miraculously own accounts versus the customer having the preference and the partner.
1: That's what I was going to say. It's like, hello, what does your customer want? Right. If the customer
0: asks the partner to quote, you know, insert vendor solution, what? <laughs> right. right what? Like, did the customer sign up for this idea? I don't think so. I don't think the customer said, yes, you, Bobby, the salesperson, own me. And so this is one of those soul sucking corporate moments where no good entrepreneur would ever think that way. They would think, oh good. The the partner has a relationship with this company. Let's just leverage that and get the business because the partner is perceived as solution agnostic. They could quote anything. You can only quote your thing. So, you know, that's one of my soul-sucking examples.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I can absolutely relate to that. And, you know, I love having, and we as Cifricom love having experts like you on the show uh, because you're an innovator in business and building brands, not only your own, you know, from um, personally and the identity cleanse that you kind of go through when you're changing you know, from one company to another, and then starting your own, but then also engaging with customers. And you love customers, partners, customers, like you have this sincere passion there, which, which I think is awesome. And so as you built out JS group, like, how do you how do you tell your story through a business lens whenever you're looking to position your
0: company out in the market? I love that you're asking that. And the first thing is, it is all science. So personal branding, branding your company, it's now very scientific. I know it used to be an arts and crafts thing, um, but it's now a science thing. And the science is pretty clear. Um, I personally believe this and the, the data shows it. You have to have a digital presence, right? This is just what it's about now. And whether your destination of choice for your customers is LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook or Insta or you know wherever people buy and consume and and read content, you have to have that brand there. And one of the things it also does for you is it lets you listen. So you can actually be almost a voyeur, if you will, and listen to your customers, listen to your partners. What are they talking about? If you go into some of the partner groups... That are run out there by Chris Weiser, by Scott Sanders, by Eric Simpson, right? The commentaries, what they're talking about are so different than what, you know, is talked about at events. They're having real conversations on these platforms. They're asking real advice. And so if you want to, you know, build your brand, my number one piece of advice is pick a platform and have a voice. Ask questions, be engaged. Um, The thing that kills me is I will go and look at someone's LinkedIn profile. And the picture is like a million years old. Look, it's okay right now that all of our hairs are longer than they were in the other picture because we can't get a cut, right? Of the COVID. <laughs> but it's not okay if your picture is like twenty years old, or if the person next to you's like arm was chopped off because you used a picture yep. from something, right? Okay. Yep. Um. Certainly not with smartphones as good as they are. And so I go and I look at the brand, and then their brand says, you know, CEO XYZ Company or Account Executive, you know, ABC Company. Well, nobody's looking for an account executive <laughs> to buy from. They're looking for an expert. What are you expert at? And how do you prove that expertise every day by being out there and talking about it? I'm an expert in go-to-market and sales. I, can, I could sell the worst solution you've ever had for more money than you thought. That's, you know I, I, I truly believe that. That's my secret skill. But to do that, you have to be out there and listening and understand customers. And, and if you're selling to partners, partners' pain points and then be having discussions about them. And, and I'm going to use a specific example. So we have a program at JS Group for social selling where we teach salespeople how to do social selling. And it's very successful. Um, 20, 30 X ROI, millions of dollar funnels, et cetera. But one of the things we started to notice was, look, people would really like to just hire somebody who's good at this already. How do you find them? So I just started writing a series of LinkedIn articles and LinkedIn posts about you know, this is what a good seller looks like. And the response to that, just the 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 sheer kind of groundswell to that and that conversation got us more leads for our social selling program than we ever would have gotten if we promoted our social selling program. Because <laughs> people self-acknowledge, people like raised their hand and said, oh God, I wouldn't pass that. Um, where do I get help? So I do think a lot of it is just how you change the conversation and stop preaching at people about your solutions and just start talking to customers like a customer. So you've been this way though, for a long time,
1: like this isn't some new, Hey, I've been at home too long. I can't go get my haircut thing.
0: No, um, I have not met a stranger. I'm unfamiliar with the uh, term, Yeah, but I think social media makes it easier for people that haven't been like me all the time.
1: Okay, yeah, but remember the year, at least I'm going to share with you what I remember. I remember the year that we were at a channel conference, and you brought puppies. I did. Puppies. Puppies. So while everyone else is handing out T-shirts and koozies or having a car, you know, on their sales floor, you know, to get people, like, to come to their booth. You had a booth of
0: puppies. Yeah. Well, who doesn't love puppies? So where does that come from? Well, first of all, what happened? So true story. And one year I actually had Jimmy Wayne, who uh, runs the largest foster care program in the country. Uh, The the puppies came from the same place Jimmy Wayne came from, which was if I'm going to have this spot and I'm going to spend all this money, I'm not going to convince anybody any more than they already are to work with me. Mm -hmm. So why don't I do something that would convince them to be a better person? Because if I convince them to be a better person, they're going to like me for that. They're going to like the fact that I did that. So those puppies came about because the Las Vegas animal shelter was actually overrun. Um, People bought puppies for Christmas and then didn't want them. And so I had this conversation and said, we'll tell you what, bring them to the shelves. Let's, let's see how we can do. We had all those dogs who were adopted, plus another 100 from local shelters. And Verizon matched that. Um, and by the way, I could have spent so much money on trade show junket, and instead we did that. And you're right, we, you know, we we had a tremendous response. And so I think too often as businesses we forget that people just sounds very trite, but people want to be part of something bigger than themselves. It's why Tom's Shoes does so well, right? Because they they donate. It's why partners that invest in their local community do so well. And I think we just get wrapped up in our solution stuff. And we forget. And by the way, we had our largest net ads of IoT trackers after that show because every one of the puppies had a dog collar on that was connected. And people just adopted that solution and were like, that's a great solution, right? So I just think I think you can always find a way to connect. I know.
1: And so and that this is where I want to tie puppies together with your LinkedIn articles you were talking about in social selling. Because I think a lot of people get – afraid or they are uncomfortable because they don't know. Like there's not a script or someone telling them, go do this and then this. You know, like the content piece of it.
0: Right. Right. The content piece, and by the way, content is such a, a holy grail. So we have a uh, Ashlyn who works for us and does content, third party content for people. Content's the hardest thing for people to do. It's so hard to be interesting. Um, and it's, it really is. It's, <laughs> not unless, not if you're Janet Scientist. science or a lot of you're Meredith, <laughs> Cam, I think you're really interesting too. So we were just born that way, I guess, but, but it is really hard to be interesting. Um, particularly if you keep your nose in your business all the time and you aren't kind of just looking out and look, looking light, right. And, and looking left. And Ashlyn does a lot of content creation for partners for just that reason. But what's interesting is nine times out of 10, she knows nothing about their business. So really all she does is she just looks up. Mm. I always tell people that, right? She looks up and she just looks left and looks right and goes, what are people talking about? Well, this week, everybody's talking about being location independent. Mm-hmm. This is the new term for remote work. Mm-hmm. It's much more clear because remote work just kind of only defines half of you. Right. Right? Location independence talks about kind of the whole lifestyle so if you know that and you're in you know a certain area of the business, let's call it the areas you're all in probably listening, isn't that a better conversation to be having than talking about how your remote work solution works? Isn't it better to say to people, you know, what's your location? You know, uh, independent story. Where are you struggling to be independent from your work location? What are your issues? And that's all she does in her content is just reach out and grab people and pull them back and say, what are you doing? Ask a question. So I think that's where people lose the thread in content. It's really not about you knowing the answer. It's about you knowing the question. Mm -hmm. And I think people forget that and they just get out there and they're like.
1: So who are some of like the bigger brands out there that you think like are absolutely killing it right now with that?
0: So brands of people or brands of
1: um company oh, okay i i love this and um, let's do um both let's start let's, okay. whichever one you want to start with first
0: so i think i'm going to start outside of the tech industry yeah. just because they're fun to watch like go look at wendy's on twitter <laughs> i know like if you want to have fun right go look at how wendy's goes on twitter they're hysterical um they just have this just like really flippant kind of funny um, hysterical attitude. Now, if you want to look at people that are fantastic on Twitter, look at Tamara McCleary. She is a big name in the tech industry. She's super interesting. By the way, she's not flippant, she's smart. Um, or John Nasta. John Nasta uh, is in the Google Health Labs. He has Nasta Labs. He's super just creative and cool and, 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 uh, you know, and opinionated. And that's okay. I, I actually think that's kind of cool. Um, and then if you look at there's some other people, there's a, um, a gentleman I, and I love him and uh, actually was a program participant of ours. His name is Ira Cohen. He had never done a video or a social media thing in his life. And he went through the program and he's one of the biggest advocates now and he's amazing. He writes an article, he's posting, you know, so it doesn't have to be, oh, this is this big name influencer like Jay McBain, right? I think everybody <laughs> on the channel is Jay McBain. I think Jay McBain's is like Kevin Bacon. He is. Like, uh, <laughs> like everybody knows him. You, you, know, you don't have to be Jay McBain. You can be Ira Cohen. You know, somebody who never did this before and then one day said, I'm going to do this and just started having conversations and sharing stuff and, and he's an interesting, fun guy. Um, and so I, those are some of the names I think of. And, the, you know, and by the way, and I'm not just pandering, I think you're amazing and really interesting too. In fact, Ashlyn's dying to get her hands on your profile and your content.
1: Oh, good. Well, let's do it for sure. Thank I you know. for 2021, that. that'll be our good. goal. She's like, yeah, we, we can start now on that, as a matter of fact, so we don't have to wait. <laughs> uh, you know, and speaking <laughs> of Wendy, so it's funny that you mentioned them because I drive by one coming home every day and they caught my attention when they started going with how you can get a burger that's not frozen, you know. Right. And then now they've like started selling breakfast food, which you know, they've been in business for how many years and now they're selling this breakfast baconator thing or whatever. And so like, like from a business perspective and then like the channel community, um, you know, like how can you help partners with with that? And how do you like keep them
0: all different
1: because they're not all the same?
0: They're not all the same. And so one of the things we do, obviously we work on the vendor side to help partners by redoing vendors channel programs and making them more channel friendly. So if you're listening and you're not only working with Citricom who's great, but have maybe another vendor who's not acting so great, just shoot me a note and I'll have a conversation with them. (laughs) Uh, Some of that I even don't charge for because I just want the vendors to stop. Um, but outside of our vendor practice, we have a couple practices for partners. We have a sales enablement practice that I mentioned, our social selling program, where we actually train salespeople or owners how to brand themselves online. We supply all the content, we supply all the training, and we get them leads. And then you know, we also have a program where we do the content for people, we do the marketing, we'll redo you your website, we'll do your search engine optimization. I have yet to have a partner have to pay the whole thing by themselves. Um, Typically, one of the vendors is very happy to pay because the ROI in those programs are very high. So one of the things I always tell the partners, even the smallest partners, is don't be afraid to reach out, see what we can do. And then let's talk about what vendors you work with and how you might get those vendors to help you. It only benefits the vendor. So um, that's just a kind of short and sweet uh, summary of some of the stuff we're working on.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I was on your website the other day. And so I saw pictures, which I love. I love when you get to see photos of people and, you know, just to be like, oh, I wonder what it's like to work with them. Um, like, what are some of the next um, programs like that you're working on right now that you think
0: would be That's be That's a great question. And by the way, if you uh, do become a JS group uh, team member, we have our own Converse. We have a custom <laughs> Converse. So everybody gets the same Converse. Uh, so we do have a lot of fun. Um, But a couple of the programs we're working on for next year. So one is a social selling hiring program. So actually um, working with partner owners who are trying to hire salespeople, it's very hot right now to try to hire a salesperson and very hard. And so we have some experts on our team, Roy and Tom, We'll actually do those interviews and help you with the selection process and help you find a good salesperson. So we're going to call that PeopleSmart. PeopleSmart will be launching January 15th. So if you're in the market for a hot salesperson, we are using data and science to identify who the hottest salespeople are. And then we can hone it down to your local area or area of expertise and help you find that perfect person. Um, we're like a chief recruiter only better because we actually know it works. Uh, The other program we're launching, which I'm really super excited about, um, and I think is going to be just a good lot of fun uh, next year, is our search engine optimization program where we're doing search engine optimization boot camps for your marketing folks uh, and teaching them how it works because what we're finding is we have partners who are investing in content. And the content's great, but they're not search search engine optimizing it So they're spending all this money getting content done and then it doesn't get found and their websites don't get found. And it's really simple to make the changes that you need to make. Um, And so we've launched a two program boot camp and then the analysis for your business. And that program is already booked in full for Q1. So we launched that last week and uh, we're already booked out. So we're booking Q2 slots now.
1: That's really exciting. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you talk about that, because when I go out to the internet and I'm looking for certain things, like I typically don't make it past page three. And if depending on my like attention span, sometimes I don't make it past page one. Right. Yeah. And so, um, that's really, really great where you can show partners and teach them how to get more out of the efforts and um, the money that they're spending.
0: Right. Cause you will like go on a partner's website, and let's just say they're good at 3 solutions and they've got all the information on the solutions but you'll go and Google them and they don't show up in the search even if you're near their location. And so that's just you know, that's just wasted marketing effort on getting a whole website done and then not your own keywords not showing up. So there's such simple fixes for it. This isn't like having to pay Google AdWords or anything. This is free. This is free to do and, and let's face it. Most partners I know are pretty technically competent. So learning how to do this isn't that hard for them. Right. In fact, it's probably easier for them than being creative. So, um, so we're pretty excited about it. And I would just say, by the way, to your point about going past page one, I've often said that you could admit you committed a murder on page two in Google search and no one, even the cops would notice. I know. Because nobody goes there. <laughs> so, like, page two is just that. You can't be on page two. Right. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. So I have one final question for you. Um, and this one's this one, like, I don't know if you're going to be ready for it or not. Oh. Uh, so when you think about your team, what is the biggest accomplishment from this year?
0: Wow. Well, you know, I think uh, my allowed two answers. Yes. Of okay. Course. So the first answer I think is true for everybody in the channel. When asked to step up and be essential workers, they did it, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's so true. I think if there's a channel person of the year, like they do, you know, the time person of the year, then the MSPs, the agents, the, the VARs, the, all those people that went out there and were, were there and did what they needed to do to keep this economy rolling, um, they're the heroes. And so my team was was right along with them doing the things that needed to happen as Businesses were dying as partners who were calling on hospitality companies all of a sudden had their complete business funnel dry up and they were just there in the battlefield with them saying, how do we pivot and make sure your business survives? So I think that if I had to say the first thing the team did well, it was that and, and selflessly nights, weekends, right? You know, just, just selflessly saying we must save the channel. And the second thing I would say, I'm going to go with our social selling program. You know, we envision this program. Uh, In late 2018, we baked it, thinking this will be a fun program. Um, We'll do this a couple times next year. (laughs) Only have the whole world just just completely change in the February March time zone and have it explode. And just what the team has done to help hundreds and hundreds of partners let their sellers succeed in what has just been, I mean, think of this year, right? You can't go in someone's corporate headquarters. There's no events. There's no hospitality events. There's nothing. To help those partners pivot, I, I think the whole team, um, you know, really captained by um, Michelle Raguso-McBain, who may or may not be related to Jamie McBain. Yeah. You know, what she's done with that program, uh, along with Ashlyn and June and Vlad um, uh, on our team has just been spectacular. I can't believe what they did um, on that kind of notice. So they're going to be my heroes of the year.
1: I love that. Thank you so much. You, uh, you always uh, put a smile on my face and I always learn new things when I'm with you and you continue to like elevate my energy level. And so I hope that all of our listeners today feel the same way. Thank you for being a member of connecting with the channel and joining us today. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.
0: Awesome to talk to you as always. You should put a smile on my face too, buddy.
1: Thank you. I'll see you soon.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of connecting the channel. Our main focus at Citricom is helping our partners succeed and grow. We're the simplest voice solution to sell and support to become a Citricom partner or for more information, check out citricom.com.